Welcome to season two of the Melrose Place cast. I'm Mary, and I'm here to convince my friend Teach that Melrose Place is a trashy, trashy soap opera, and that's perfectly okay. Uh, I'm Teach. I'm here to convince my good friend Mary that this show counts as high art for the generations, a time capsule into the future, and the future is now. The future is indeed now. And you know what's great is this is not a recap podcast because we're too busy having all these intellectual debates. Yes, we highly recommend that you pair us with your rewatch of Melrose Place. It will um, enhance the artistic integrity of the show. Mm, I guess that's one way to put it. You know, I can't believe we've made it to season two already. How far along are we in the grand scheme of things? Uh, we're about uh, 11%. That seems lower than I would like. Well, there's the seven seasons, plus the reboot season. Oh, God. Uh, this season had the lowest number of episodes. I guess that's forward to. And we only had five special episodes in season one, so season two is going to get longer. Oh, boy. Buckle up. Hello, and welcome to the Melrose Placecast. Today... In a very special episode, we're having our season two wrap up. What? What? We made it, Mary. We're a quarter of the way done. You know, you say that like it's a lot, and then I hear it's only a quarter. <laughs> That's all I hear. It's there's so many more. There's so many more. <laughs> Listen, but that first half season of season one was such a slog. It counted like three seasons all its own, and then the season finale. Of season two felt like its own season as well. It did. Again, it took me, what, five, six hours to watch that? <laughs> Again, you're doing it wrong. You're not doing it right. I'm not doing it right. You're, you're right about that. Oh, my God. Know, Mary, someone posted on Facebook recently. I tagged you in this. Um, uh, an image of Michael and Jane making out from season two, episode 17. And I tagged you, do you remember? Because I was like, that was... That was just half a season ago. <laughs> I did think I remember that, actually. <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah. But Mary, just today, Jack Wagner loved that post. Re- the real Jack Wagner? The real Jack Wagner that plays Dr. Peter Burns. He's on Facebook? He is on Facebook. He goes to all the like the soap opera conventions. So he's, he's still cashing in. Well, good for him. Somebody should. Yeah. So that was exciting. Was it as exciting as, as Lisa Rinna liking a post that, that uh, we put up? Do you remember that? I do remember that. That was very... Tell, tell the story, Mary, to the good people. I don't remember, but I remember it oh. happened. We <laughs> yeah, were just is... talking about how time is relative, and I don't know what year it is anymore. <laughs> so what had happened in our... You've heard Mary and I talk about the last time we watched this, um, including with our therapist friend. And there there were four of us and we got really into it and we made a bunch of memes. So we were grabbing screenshots and putting goofy memes together and we all created fake Twitter accounts um, and we'll post them. And one of our fellow watchers, uh, he posted a picture of Heather Locklear, no, Lisa Rinna slapping Heather Locklear and he tagged Lisa Rinna in it and she replied to the tweet. She replied, quote tweeted, tweeted with, just yeah because it was 2015 <laughs> and it was it was a highlight for all of us it was that i remember that happening it was a thrill i also remember that vanessa williams as the Rhonda vanessa williams also liked one of our things once but i can't remember which one it was 
I can't remember either. You know, we were all striving to hit that level that uh, that he got to with at least a Rena appreciation post, and none of us ever got there. No. Yet. Yet. Oh. <laughs> uh, I will say, and I, I say this with love, I have seen some what I would call designer imposter Melrose memes as of late on the internet, but I do maintain that our work was superior. Yeah, I think we should file a copyright lawsuit, but... Um, I also think we have no copyright claims to the images in question. So maybe we're not in the best position to do that. I think we're what some legal scholars would call shit out of luck. <laughs> I thought you were going to say interested third party. All right. <laughs> Mary, this episode, we're a little bit into it already. This is the season two wrap up. So we are stepping back from the week to week episodic review of Melrose Place. And instead, looking at the season arc as a whole, and identifying uh, overarching themes that may suggest that season two as, a, as a, a piece of art in and of itself is either high art for the generation um, or a trashy, trashy soap opera. And uh, I, I couldn't bring it down to just three quotes, Mary. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't have quotes for these. I don't have quotes either, so I think it's okay. You never have quotes, but you have pithy titles, which is what I tried to do. Oh, I don't even have that. Oh, shit. It's okay. Well, can I can I just get started with my first argument oh, yeah. for why season two was high art for the generations? All right, go for it. C- contrary to popular belief. <laughs> All right. So here is my first one. Try, try as you might. The marriage bug comes for all of us. Oh, wow. You cannot hide from it forever, but it's probably worth trying. Oh. <laughs> That's my poem. Uh, to bring this up, Mary, marriage was not good to the season two cast of Melrose Place. Nope. Nope. Mm-mm. We had five marriage storylines. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. And the majority of them uh, had Michael as a participant with, uh, <laughs> with two more as best man, I think. He gets called upon to be the best man a lot more than you would expect. Yeah. So I thought, okay, so Michael, I want to go out on a limb. Maybe he's not a good husband. (laughs) You think? (laughs) So season two started with Michael and Jane going through the divorce. Yeah. As was visualized for all of us with Michael Mancini wearing a jar of marinara sauce in the grocery (laughs) store. Truly a high point of the season. Truly. Mm-hmm. And of course, what do you do when you go through a divorce from a woman you no longer love? You set up her boyfriend in a prostitution sting <laughs> to win her back. <laughs> uh, it's a tried and true classic for a reason. Yeah. So what, what, I heard, what I picked up there, though, is Jane's desire to be loved, need to be loved really had her she was really close to taking michael back really close stupidly close yes foiled only by jane's good sister sydney always looking out for her (laughs) oh sisters yeah so sydney made sure to stop michael and jane from getting back together so that sydney could blackmail michael into marrying her oh it's so romantic isn't it yeah and what a jackass of a husband michael was to sydney um (laughs) just throwing her away when his fiance comes back to life. <laughs> Get in love. 
Sydney. Hands off. He's all mine. Now, uh, I'm counting Michael and Kimberly as a marriage storyline because of the engagement, right? So the, the marriage bug comes for Kimberly, an accomplished career woman, doctor with a head on her shoulders, going places, wise to Michael's antics, but he persuades her to marry him and then is promptly killed off. <laughs> it's what happens. That's what happens. And I may be misremembering the details, Mary, but I believe she is killed off with Jane's grandmother's ring. Um, I don't remember that, but I also might just not be remembering it. Yeah, I could be wrong as well, but it could have been when Graham left Michael. Okay. Yeah. Then, of course, the marriage bug comes for Allison and Billy. Ugh. When Billy is inspired by a street vendor uh, to get a hideous ring for Allison, which it turns out was not going to be temporary. (laughs) (laughs) Unlike their engagement, which is temporary, um, we build to a crescendo of the season finale where Allison runaway brides Billy. So again, four instances of the marriage bug, it comes for you, but you, girl, you better run. You better run. Run, put on your kids and run. Now, Mary, of course, there was one more wedding to be aware of. Do you remember it? Oh, how could I ever forget? Matt and Katya. Oh, Katya. The marriage bug somehow even came for the only gay character in a time when same-sex <laughs> marriage was not even illegal. It just wasn't even thought about. Yeah. Yeah. They and did so, They did it. <laughs> yeah, they did it. And Kazi marries Matt so that she can stay in the country because things are so terrible back in Russia and little baby Doubtfire uh, won't have a future there. And that lasts for about three weeks before she decides to take baby Doubtfire back to Russia. I'm reluctant to say this because I've, as I said before, I'm happy anytime Matt gets to be on the show. But what a huge waste of time that entire storyline was. Like, there was no point. Cause it just, I like, think that's right. And as far as we know, Matt is still married. <laughs> he might be to this day. We don't know. As it stands right now, at the season two finale, Matt is still married. Michael is still married. Sydney is still married. Jane, Kimberly, Allison, Billy, single. Ready to mingle. but that's my example for high art for the generations mary you get to this point in your mid-20s where everybody around you seems to be getting married and it causes you to think about it differently um you know it certainly as you know i've long been a supporter of the institution of marriage yeah (laughs) and uh things really take a different look uh when everybody starts to starts to do it and then when the fucking supreme court turns on you and legalizes same-sex marriage so now everybody can ask you that question too then you really gotta gotta go through with it but for me like i said i've always been there i've always been right behind the institution of marriage as a uh, a strong uplifting institution regardless of all of its historical background and uh, i think marvel's place captured how our characters are lifted by it. It's a shame that this is only an audio medium and people can't see my face. Because sure. <laughs> I'm sure it's entertaining. Uh, well, that's, you know, an interesting take on, on calling that high art. Uh, I applaud your efforts. Thank you. 
And uh, it'll be fun to see if Matt ever gets divorced from Katya. Or if that just, we never talk about it again. I don't think we ever talk about it again. I think it, I think we're supposed to forget <laughs> the Russians. Forgive and forget. <laughs> Mary, did you find an overarching theme that suggests something different about this season? Well, I, I took a little bit different tactic. And I didn't so much find a theme as I wanted to name my top three trashy characters this season. Ooh, okay, okay. I'm, I'm with you. I hear you're clucking big chicken. I hear you clucking. Uh, so in third place, if I were more prepared, I would have gotten some sort of drum roll sound, but I didn't. Uh, I would like to give third place to Dr. Kimberly Shaw. What? Third place. Uh, a respectable showing. She, there's a lot of competition on the show. Virtually every character is competition. Uh, and these are, these are Kimberly's gloriously trashy moments that were wildly entertaining, but, but trashy. Um, so yeah, she got engaged to Michael, despite all logic or reason. Uh, she dies, which isn't trashy on its own, but then she comes <laughs> back to the dead and she's just like, my mom just lied and said I died. And I'm like, does that work? Like, okay. Uh, she resumes working at the hospital immediately and there seemingly are no questions asked. She just has a job again, even though she died and presumably they replaced her with another doctor, but okay, all right, why not? Uh, she begins orchestrating Michael's downfall all the while pretending to be just madly in love with him and having so much sex with him that he is so desperate for a break, he offers to talk to her. <laughs> wow. Uh, she action by drugging his beer and teaming up with Sydney, which I'll talk more about later, not to give anything away. Uh, and then they drug him with his beer that she offers to go get. And then he yells like, hurry up with that beer. And, uh, they drug him and then they dump him in the car in the garage and try to make, like, make it look like he died from carbon monoxide poisoning. But it doesn't work. And so then she has to spend the rest of the season finale laying all these little traps to hint that Jane was going to kill him. And then she steals Jane's car, calls the hospital, leaves a message saying that Jane wants to see him about a life or death matter right away. And then this dumb bastard walks across the street. He jaywalks, which you know I don't approve of. He walks across the street and then he stands directly in oncoming traffic as this car wildly careens toward him, which is clearly Kimberly wearing a terrible blonde wig and driving Jane's car. And then, of course, the, the moment that, that lives on in infamy, she commits and successfully executes the greatest wig reveal possibly of all time. The reveal! The reveal! I mean, what a great season for Dr. Kimberly Shaw. I, I hear in your voice that you were a little shocked she only took third. But again, there's a lot of competition in the field this year. Okay, you do hear shock in my voice. You are misinterpreting it. Oh, oh, all right. I, I found Dr. Shaw to be a, a clear example of a high art character trying to display to us, to hold a mirror up to us about what would happen if we faked our own deaths and then regretted that. Now... <laughs> Some some things that I would do, just a few things, just a few things, Mary, that I think uh, I, I read differently. Okay, okay. One, Michael is well established to be very good at sex. So he must be, right? He must be at this point. Yeah, this doesn't seem like a chore for, for Kimberly. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, so so that she's having sex with this this gentleman caller. 
uh, even though she's also trying to kill him. I think it's it's not so much a look at a stretch in the storyline, but instead like, yeah, that checks out, you know? <laughs> all right, all right. The, the wig reveal, what makes it high art is that it happened in the bathroom. She wasn't going for, a, she wasn't trying to be dramatic. She didn't, she didn't rip it off in front of Michael. She just privately to herself, Sasha Valoured right in the mirror. Um, yeah, but she couldn't take it off in front of Michael because that would have started to reveal the cracks in, in her plan. And that what she that all was not well. And third, she she killing Michael. Um, <laughs> it's uh. The devil is within all of us, is what Melrose Place wanted us to understand. That we're all capable of just the worst things. I don't know. <laughs> Matt's Listen, not um, capable of the worst things. Matt? Yeah. You know he goes to jail for first degree murder. Yeah, but we know that he got set up. Spoiler. Well, <laughs> I will say he also did do this season one of the worst things. And dating a gay guy in the closet no thank you <laughs> yes you've made your your thoughts on that well known <laughs> that just encourages them mary oh yeah oh boy <sighs> well okay so kimberly shaw's coming in third place for you yeah yeah solid third okay all right i uh i hear it and i'm excited to see what else what else is there although it, it sounds like sydney might be might be one of them. I, I don't know. Time will tell. <laughs> All right. Well, I have another. I have another thing. Okay. I'm, I'm willing. Hi. I'm willing to listen. I'm always willing to listen. Okay. High art for the generations in the '90s in America. Human resources was an underdeveloped profession. Oh my god! <laughs> Holy shit! There. <laughs> listen. Human resources, as we know and love it, love them today, right? Those are the people that bring us those ridiculous web courses that everybody jokes about. I had to watch one for my new job about how to escape an active shooter in the workplace, and I work <laughs> from home. Yeah. Watch that. As long as I don't have a gun in my house, I think I'm pretty fine. I don't have to worry. Because, because HR people, listen, I'm going to say it. Don't do it. They're obnoxious as hell. They are obnoxious. I am friends with several HR people, and they are not obnoxious. Only their policies are. Well, they, the work they do is awful. And the work everyone does is awful. That's the. I'm work. sorry. Tell me. Tell me again about the work from home video they made you watch. <laughs> I know how to evade an active shooter in my own home now. Yeah, my, you. My house. <laughs> yeah. So. Clearly, someone in an HR office somewhere should have looked at that and been like, do we really need to do this? And someone else in that HR office said, absolutely. Compliance is mandatory. Yeah, because HR is the word. Whatever. Listen, in the 90s, though, HR was very underdeveloped and not a, not a fully functioning profession, is what I would say. I think at the time, they were seen as like a, a service division, right, that are really there just to help the, help the other areas of a business or an organization. Okay. Um, but it has since evolved into a real profession. And Melrose Place was really trying to help us understand how important that was. 
there were several examples where just one conversation with a, a modern day HR professional would have really helped some people. Oh, yeah. So, for example, uh, maybe Amanda Woodward, the magnificent businesswoman that she is, hired Ted the Peeper with no reference checks when he <laughs> showed up an hour late for an interview and just said, oh, I need a place to live as part of my employment. <laughs> I'm going to try that next time I go for a job. Listen, apply a Woodward something. <laughs> Woodward Acres. <laughs> Speaking of Amanda, she hired Chaz. How did that get by HR? That was her future father, too. Father-in-law. Nope, stepfather. Stepdaddy. <laughs> Stepdaddy. Yeah, I, listen, but no interview process? No review? Did oh, people they still had, hire that way? They, they had an interview process in the conference room later. <laughs> Although, now that I think about it, Mary, the job that I start on Monday, I didn't interview for. Did you interview Amanda and Chad style in the conference room? <laughs> Stop it. Okay. <laughs> Let me move on from there. <sighs> There's another example. Jane hiring an accountant that won't cook the books for her. <laughs> That's the first thing you look for when you hire an accountant. Damn it. And listen, based on... Based on I would say this. I'm going to step lightly. I think we have some shared experiences of HR people signing off on, on some accountants that would cook the books. Oh, I don't know that they signed off on it, but... <laughs> well, they supported it, but whatever. Uh, but Jane and the accountant is an example. Okay. Here, here's another case of a, a bad HR situation. Mm -hmm. Fancy Face shouldn't have hired Sydney to take over her business. I mean, Fancy Face's whole system ha clearly has no HR department. Like, But it needed one. <laughs> yeah, it probably did. Do you know what an HR director would have said about the 50-50 split that Sydney negotiated? What? We're, ge we're going to put that in your offer letter, which will be available on the portal. <laughs> will there be typos? Yes, absolutely. We're will you be able to print it as a PDF? I'm sorry. No. Will you be able to print it on paper? Also, no. But it will be there. But we need you to sign it, not electronically. So please figure out a way to print it. <laughs> but there's more, Mary. Oh, God. And a, a highly functioning HR person would have stopped Chief Resident Michael Mancini from promoting his friend Gay Matt as a thank you for altering his blood records. <laughs> oh, that was just a friendly gesture. <laughs> and... Speaking of Michael, do you know what else HR would have stopped? Virtually everything. <laughs> Dr. Cowboy from promoting Michael to begin with. <laughs> there is no way that a functioning HR office in 2022, which it is now, okay, uh, would, would have set up a hiring process knowing that the, that the decision was going to be announced at a party Oh, only yeah. to have Dr. Levin just change his mind at the last minute. He would not have that authority. Nope. Nope. You know who else wouldn't have had the authority? Amanda wouldn't have been able to just fire Chaz the way she did. I mean, I like that she did that, but I agree with the principle. You know what else an HR director might have weighed in on? I wonder what. 
Jacob is coming in yelling at Amanda in the middle of the bullpen. You're, you, you can sleep with the next boyfriend, but I can't help my girlfriend carry groceries. <laughs> and the fucking on the desk. Yeah, that was graphic. Yeah. All these things. All the, you know, one more thing. I think an HR office might have had something to say about forcing Amanda to uh, hire her mother's models. <laughs> I think when that conflict of interest came up, there would have been some agreements signed. Oh, absolutely. More PDFs. So in summary, the 90s was a wild time for HR. Do I personally uh, find value and appreciate human resources? No. Uh, I think Toby in the office captures them. Uh, did they need them in this show? Yes. Yes, they did. Have they, over, have they gone too far since then in the last 30 years? Yeah, yeah, they sure fucking have. Um, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, I guess I would just counter that virtually every situation you described as being a bad HR moment was also a pile of trash. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> but Melrose Place did demonstrate the need for some some guardrails of some sort to be set up on some people when it comes to hiring and firing in the workplace. Sure. I think that's the point they were trying to make. Yeah. <laughs> that was their thesis statement. Really, we really need to show America the importance of a robust and thorough HR office. <laughs> Listen, otherwise you're going to get slapped with a $10 million lawsuit. Oh my God. I don't know $10 million. <sighs> well, no, neither did D&D. And neither does Chaz. Oh, that bastard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that smarmy bastard. I apologize in advance if this is bad. <laughs> that means it's going to be great. I have a whole thing planned in my mind. this week's episode of the Melrose Placecast is brought to you by it's me Sammy Salami your waste management expert (laughs) I'm here to tell you about our new service it's called Humpster Dumpster (laughs) (laughs) yeah Mary I gotta tell you about it it's all the rage. Oh, God. <laughs> we know you're busy. You're in your 20s. You're living in L.A. You're taking all your trash right by the pool. <laughs> you don't recycle. You don't even compost. Just <laughs> banana peels wrapped in plastic. <laughs> you're spending so much time on this trash pile. You barely have time for foreplay. Maybe, maybe the charges against daddy are making him not the aphrodisiac he used to be. (laughs) Oh, poor daddy. Then you're going to need humpster dumpster. (laughs) When daddy's too criminal to make you horny. (laughs) Oh, my God. You're going to get a set. A special ordered humpster dumpsters. Here's the thing, Mary. The lid is too tight on the can. (laughs) 
euphemism implied. <laughs> That's a real problem. You're going to, in order to get the lid off of the can to put the trash in and the recycling in and the compost in, you really should be separating those by now. <laughs> You're going to need a partner. Mm. And you can, you can call a friend. You can call one of your little girlfriends. Or you can call your ex-boyfriend. I don't care. I don't judge. I'm Sammy Salami, your waste management technician. <laughs> That's very open-minded of you, Sammy Salami. And as you're working so hard to get the tightness of the lid off of the can <laughs> with your boyfriend, suddenly you'll start to notice you're having some feelings. My God. <laughs> It's not an accident, Mary. <laughs> we spray the cans with a special scent. Oh. It gives you a little randy. <laughs> That's especially impressive given that you're working around garbage. We call the scent Daddy. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It's this new thing. I think the hippies in LA will like it. Oh, God. So if you're too busy for both trash maintenance and foreplay, bring them together with Humpster Dumpster. Tell them that me, Sammy Salami, your waste management technician, sent you. Oh, my God. This is one of the most groundbreaking services I've ever heard of. In, in my life or as a podcast sponsor, I'm thrilled that we've, yeah. we've yeah. this as a sponsor. Um, my goodness, like how long has this Humpster Dumpster program been in existence? It's been going strong since 1992. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Mostly in the Los Angeles area or has it expanded? I, I've never heard of it. I'm ashamed to admit, but I'm no. incredibly compelled. Los Angeles? And we recently expanded to Austin, Texas. Those <laughs> whores love us. <laughs> oh my God. I have always heard about the good people of Austin and how much they enjoy uh, garbage maintenance and uh, yeah. and and uh, and rendezvous, if you will. Uh, wow, wow! So this, I, I'm I'm fascinated and and truly intrigued by this. Um, God, I don't even know where to begin. Are is there is there a website or anything people can check out to get some more information? Like, do you have any like tutorial videos available or? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we had some tutorial videos, but they got taken down when, uh, when they did that crackdown on the porn hubs. Oh, Oh, I could see how that might happen. That's a shame. Um, it is. Oh my gosh. I feel like this seems like it would appeal to all ages too. I mean, Nope. So nope. listen, we Not there's no website, Barry. I'm just a waste management technician. We operate on word of mouth. Operate on word of mouth. Yeah. Oh, so we're, we're trying to put the word out there with this podcast sponsorship. It's free, right? I mean, I'll have to talk to my my uh, my coworker, but I think in this case, I would be glad to make an exception because good. What a, what a remarkable uh, service you seem to be offering. I like that it promotes people taking care of their garbage hygiene as well, because, you know, some people, as we've seen, sometimes people aren't great at getting their trash out in a timely manner. And They're this not. really compel people to 
get out there on garbage night and really get things taken care of. Get into it. Now, there's just one more thing I have to tell you, Mary. Oh, okay. Mary, the people are not recycling. (laughs) They're not recycling. They're not, they don't reduce. They don't reuse. They don't recycle. It's almost like they don't respect. Oh, that's a real picture it, Mary. You got a pile of trash, you got to put it in the can. Yeah. You tug, you tug, you're tugging with your partner, and then boom, you go flying like an explosion. <laughs> you land on a bag of trash. Yeah. It's a low chance, Mary, but it is not a 0% chance that you can end up reusing a condom. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, so we do a little bit for the earth. That's really, really meaningful, especially, you know, in this day and age, let alone back when you began this program back in 1992. You Uh know, it also occurs to me that some of these people might be reducing and reusing their partners from uh, previous relationships or just from the previous episode, which is also really a great ecological tool that more people should be trying out. Mary, the first clients we had is one apartment complex in L.A. Oh, yeah. So many sluts. <laughs> it sounds like you chose well then. For your That's pilot. how we knew to go to Austin. Oh my God. <laughs> I can think of a lot of communities in my surrounding area that would also benefit from this. So I'm excited to see your project growing. Mary's uh, teacher, can you please name those communities? Thank you. <laughs> I'll, I'll send you an email later. Uh, okay, that sounds good, Mabby. Well, wow, this is what what a catch for the Melrose Place cast to get in on the ground floor 30 years after with this amazing service. Humps the dumpster. Humpster. When daddy's too criminal to make you horny. <laughs> I really hope that as, as you get your footing after these 30 years, that eventually when you get yourself a web presence, you should be selling t-shirts because people would wear them. Humpster dumpster. Humpster dumpster. Yes, yes. Does it need the tagline? It, it can't hurt, right? It, it can't and hurt. daddy's too criminal to make you horny. <laughs> Those t-shirts will be just flying off the shelves. <laughs> but, but don't throw them in the trash. No, no. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Wear them on your shirts. On your body. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This, this all makes sense. Maybe I hope you have a good day. Well, I hope that you do as well. Thank you again for offering this uh, awareness to our listeners. I got to go screw on some trash can lids way too tight now. (laughs) Your work is never done. Um, Are you ready to hear who got second place? I am. I am. Let's go. Drum roll that we're not doing. All right, that was that was creative, and I applaud you. Uh, second place for season two, trashiest character, Joe Beth Reynolds. Joe, Joe Beth Reynolds, ladies and gentlemen, what a performance this season! She continues to display terrible judgment, but I still like. Uh, so at the start of the season, she lends Jake money from her divorce settlement that she didn't want to help Jake buy a motorcycle repair shop. I almost forgot about all this. 
which subsequently season? that was the season. It is subsequently burned down because of Amanda, who's flirting with Jake. But when Joe doesn't immediately express complete disbelief that Jake could possibly be investigated by the insurance company for arson, he goes nuclear strength pissy pants and they break up. Nuclear strength pissy pants. Then she goes to her class reunion, question mark, in January, question mark, in, in San-, San Francisco. Even though it has been well established from the moment Joe Beth Reynolds arrived at Marrow's place that she is from New York City. Okay, why not? Uh, while she's at this class reunion, uh, she meets up with her old high school. I don't know that they were even boyfriend and girlfriend. His name is Reed. And he tells her, oh, yeah, I was gone for a while because I went to prison for drug smuggling on a boat. But I was totally innocent. So sure, that sounds legit. And then he follows her back to Los Angeles uninvited shows up in the courtyard uninvited scares the crap out of her and then she just lets him stay at her apartment that seems like a good idea sure i can't there's no red flags here uh she gives reed the insurance money from the fire at the bike shop because jake doesn't want it and he's being a bitch so then reed can buy a boat the person who has gone to prison for drug smuggling sure the boat is also named the pretty lady which is terrible uh then she's like Oh, gee, maybe he lied about not being guilty of drug smuggling when she opens the booby hatch he installs in the boat with a security lock and finds, like, five million pounds of cocaine. Okay. Uh, Then he beats her up. He shoves her in the booby hatch. And when he finally lets her out, he's creepy as hell. She tries to shoot this bastard with a harpoon, which is amazing. (laughs) It is the best time of the whole season. But alas, she she doesn't really shoot him with a harpoon. He just falls off the boat. And then he comes back on the boat and he threatens killer and she has to shoot him in this punk ass for self-defense and then she sits and cries because she killed him and then she just sits there and gets arrested by the boat cops because they clearly think she killed him which she did she almost goes to prison but gets saved by amanda who's the one trying to steal her boyfriend all the time and then she finds out she's pregnant with reed's stupid baby and this this woman she decides to keep this baby from this man who tried to kill her it is not a good idea and that's not going to go well in season three spoiler and then <laughs> she's hanging out with this stupid model from Iowa whose boyfriend is beating her up, who's a jerk. And then he shoves her down the stairs, but, oh, she's fine. Like, there's no problem at all. And then she tries to get back together with Jake again because he's got a savior complex and he wants to be the baby's daddy. And then then they break up again. But, I mean, at least she got him to carry the crib up the stairs. So that was something I like. <laughs> Joe, get your shit together. Like, get it together, Joe. Get it together. Second place. Joe Beth Reynolds. She is from New York. She has New York instincts. <laughs> Maybe she really is from San Francisco. Are these San Francisco instincts? I don't know. Do, do you know what I enjoy about the, the forthcoming baby storyline? <laughs> so many things. <laughs> so, I, you know, I, I won't spoil it for our listeners in case anyone truly is pairing us with a rewatch. Oh, God. But, you know, every week there's one or two more people that listen to one of the first couple episodes. Really? Yeah. So maybe some people do stick around and and they will be listening to this six months after we drop it, which is a month after we record it. <laughs> but Let's do that, that, that the, the other Melrose Place podcasts um, are so certain that this baby is going to be miscarried. So certain. Oh, really? Have they not? Oh, yeah. No, uh, 
Dan and Jenny, Dan has vague memories of watching it years ago. Jenny has no clue. Um, Christopher and Nan, they are absolutely convinced, like, this baby can't make it. There's no way you can't have a baby on Melrose Place. And they are genuinely shocked that Melrose Place missed the opportunity to kill off the baby on the stairs. You know, I mean, I don't wish that on a fictional baby, but... <laughs> Good. Good. I mean, they're not wrong. They're not wrong very wise. Like... It's, um, I wonder how, you know, I think, I forget which one it is. So I, I apologize to our, to our good friends of the other podcast, but they talk, one of them, I remember talking about, um, you know, hip modern shows needed to show abortion as an option, but could never show a character taking that option. Yeah, that's true. So they, all had, they all had to consider abortion and then, you know, somehow lose the baby in another way. Yeah. They've done it on this show. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what they're expecting from from uh, little little baby Reed. God. Do you think baby Reed is going to come out with a '90s boy band haircut? <laughs> I got. I can only hope so, right? You got. You got to hope. You got to hope. They, what What better look would there be for a Melrose Place baby than that? Oh my god! It'll probably wear those. What were those jeans with the big wide legs? Jenko jeans. Yeah, they've got little baby sized ones. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't wait. I used to have those jeans. Did you ever have them, Mary? God, no. No. We should. We had a pennies. That was it. I had a pair of those that I kept into college long after they were in style that I would only wear on laundry day. <laughs> and I was outside my dorm smoking and I saw across the little walkway a fire burning in the dumpster hut of the other of the of the dorm across the street. And that building was 10 stories tall and the dumpsters were under the rooms. Oh, no. So I had to, I had to, Mary, I was an RA. I had to leap into action. Yeah. And I had to run in and pull a fire alarm. Okay. Uh, except I realized, well, that will send the police to the wrong building or the fire department. So I ran in into the vestibule where there's that little emergency phone and I was going to hit the red button and say, there's a fire in this building. There's a fire in this building. But someone yeah. was there waiting to be let in. And I said, I'll let you in. I hit the red button and they looked at me like, what the hell? And I said, tell them there's a fire in Wells. And then I ran through and he got a fire extinguisher from the building I lived in and ran across the way carrying a fire extinguisher. But Mary, I had to the entire time be holding up my pants <laughs> because they were Jenko jeans that would have otherwise fallen. So I get there, right? So I'm carrying this fire extinguisher. Once I have the fire extinguisher, I have the fire extinguisher in one hand, my jeans in the other, and I'm doing kind of a waddle run. <laughs> and uh, I get there and I did dispense the fire extinguisher into the dumpster. And RA from the building that was uh, above the fire also showed up with the fire extinguisher. So it's me and it, also another another gate, right? So the two flamers with the fire extinguishers. And so we're in there dispensing it into the dumpster that is actively burning, right? Trying to save the building. And we envision ourselves to be all these big heroes, right? And um, our fire extinguishers did not put it up. Other RAs came in and I remember them saying, oh, Stevie and Tej are here. And then as they were walking away, I heard, what is Tej doing here? <laughs> Not my building. And then the, the fire department is on their way. The police show up and they see us like queening out, right? I think that's the only way to describe what we were doing. And they look at us like we're weird. They look at the situation and then they just lift the garage door 
and push the dumpster out from under the building, which probably <laughs> should have been the first thing we did. <laughs> they didn't go over that during RA training. They did not. They did not. But listen, I had the Jinko jeans, which is ultimately what I wanted to, to connect to. When I, where I thought that story might be going, where it goes makes more sense. Where <laughs> I go was that you took off the jeans to smother the fire because there was so much fabric that you could put blanket and you're like i could put this out with my pants but then i should have known you would never sacrifice the pants i would also never go walking around a college campus pantless i'm i'm gonna go ahead and say that's probably not true but <laughs> <laughs> well those are stories for another day all right mary let me t- let me take one more crack at this yeah take it home let's see what happens can, can you guess the theme i'm going for I honestly can't. You really keep me on the edge of my seat. You know, I thought very much about going for the gay stuff, but we did a whole special gay episode. So I feel like we got that covered. So right. my final point, you have, to, you have to picture it with a Little Mermaid tune in your head. Do you have, you have a Little Mermaid tune bouncing in your head? Is it a specific Little Mermaid song or just any Little Mermaid song? A specific one. You have to picture it with someone with a better vocal range than me singing, Don't kiss the boy. Oh, yeah. This one is all about how boys are nothing but trouble and you should not, should not find yourself in a relationship with them. No, you, sh- you should have had Gail on to talk about this. She would have. <laughs> As would have. <laughs> Listen, the number of times uh, a character's uh, sexual or romantic interest in, in a guy on Melrose Place got them into trouble in season two. Whew, too many to count. And you know what? That's just like real life. Because, listen, boys are trouble. You should not date them. Fair. Let me tell you who's the first person you should have heard that advice. Kimberly. Oh, yeah. Michael Michael killed her. <laughs> and she knew he was trouble when he walked in. Oh. But, man, he's but- good at sex. He sexed her up on a salad, if you remember. That's right. That's right. It was a very tantalizing salad. Yeah. Kimberly, I believe it was a spinach and strawberry salad. Kimberly's libido got her killed. <laughs> it happened. It happened. You know who else shouldn't have kissed the boy? Who? Amanda. She couldn't control herself around Jake Alfalomeo. So Jake ended up getting Amanda's daddy thrown in jail. Yeah. Amanda's dad would be free. Parker Woodward would be walking the streets scamming people over his cars, whatever it was, if Amanda hadn't had this lusty relationship for Jake. Well, she had to put all that energy somewhere. Amanda Woodward, hear me. Don't kiss the boy. Or should I say the boys when mm-hmm. it comes to Allison. This whole season, she's been working on this relationship with Billy. And who else? Three other men. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Allison. She can, she continued her flirtations and romantic interest in Keith at the start of the season. Yep. And let me let me let me be clear: had Keith not taken matters into his own hands, I think she still would be. I think she still would be. God, <laughs> she can't quit. She, she she also got herself into trouble with Steve, the billionaire. Yeah, yeah. Because she somehow find found him very attractive. It's still confusing how that happened, but okay. And finally, uh, her romantic interest in 
Oh, Doctor, whatever his name was. <laughs> no one remembers. It's fine. Allison, don't kiss the boy. Marry Billy. Get on with it. Come no, don't on. marry Billy either. Like, <laughs> stay away from that one too. <laughs> you know who else shouldn't kiss the boy? Hmm. Joe Beth Reynolds. Mm. I mean, is she hard on her boyfriends or what? <laughs> Oh, God. She, she can't resist. She can't resist Reed. She knows he's trouble. She's got that. Her New York instincts are telling her. And yet, her lust causes her to vandalize Reed's boat, break its <laughs> windows, shoot him with the harpoon, throw him into the ocean, <laughs> and then shoot him and whisper him into his ear. You know who else shouldn't kiss the boy? Who? Jane! Come on! Back up off Michael! <laughs> and I, I don't mean to spoil things. You know I'm not one for spoilers, Mary. Oh God, no. No. This is advice Jane should learn for future seasons. She's not going to. Yeah, she's not. One more person shouldn't kiss the boy. Okay. Matt, you got terrible choice in men. You you should you, <laughs> first, you should not have been fucking that dude. You should not have. You should have sent his ass back in the closet to work his shit out until he was in good working order because he was not. He did not deserve to be in a relationship with Matt. He will not when he comes back. He should go out of the closet before he tries dating well-adjusted, healthy gay men. He's trouble. And I have to say, I think Matt's going to continue to make bad romantic choices. <laughs> well, it is a soap opera, so... Do you think... Uh, Matt's continued marriage to Katya was going to be a problem when same-sex marriage came around? <laughs> I mean, legally, it seems like it could be, right? I mean, if you're married yeah. to one person, you're not really usually allowed to get married to another one. Even even if the writers have forgotten it? I think it's, yeah, I think even if the writers have forgotten it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's my point, Mary. Melrose Place is identifying the boys are trouble. I mean, boys are trouble. I, I can certainly agree with that. And, uh, you know, you make some, some valid points. I would again point out that most of the scenes and descriptions you described were fairly trashy storylines. But, uh, but I agree with your thesis. And I, I would love to, I hope Gail listens to this someday. She won't. She but, won't. But I believe Gail, on this rare occasion, would also agree with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Gail, if you are listening, let it, you know what, Gail? Mary, don't ruin this. Don't okay. ruin this. Don't tell her. I Gail, will... if, you, if you listen to this, send me a message through the U.S. Post Office, and I will send you back a gift card for lunch. Wow, lunch where? At Taco Bell. Taco Bell. $3. How do I get one of these gift cards? You know what? That's right. Maybe I, you don't have a Taco Bell within 100 miles of you. There's, I think there's one in about 65 miles, but I don't ever go there, so don't send me one. I, oh, yes, yes, that Shining City on a Hill. <laughs> shining City on a Hill. People are all real mad because it just snowed a lot there, and they changed their snow removal policy. Ooh, people, are, are they real mad? They're real mad. And I'm like, well, I'm glad I'm not going there. It, is the policy that they're still doing it? Um, they are removing it, but they have what they call priority routes now. Oh, yeah. People don't like that. Yeah, they don't like that because they got a fair amount of snow. It was like 12 inches. So, I mean, you know, you got to clear the roads. 
And it was up to, I think, three days in some neighborhoods that weren't priority neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And people were like, I have a priority job that I have to go to. So please <laughs> Priority called eating and paying my bills. So please come by the streets. And I was like, ah, you know, it's not so bad where I am. That alley was plowed the next morning, goddammit. Oh, we shouldn't have alleys. Mary, I have to tell you, uh, I don't know if you caught it. Nowhere else in the world would 12 inches of snow be considered. You know, it's a fair amount. <laughs> you know, we're warped here, and I own that. I own that. <laughs> I've been enjoying, uh, they had some weather, This it doesn't matter. People will hear this in a month or two. There was a lot of snow out on the West Coast, I believe, out in like Washington or Oregon. And I have a mm-hmm. couple of friends there, and they're like, oh my God, we got like six inches of snow. And I was like, that's like Monday morning here. But to each their own, you know, normal to one person is bizarre to the next. That's, you know what, that's correct. Much like Melrose Place. (laughs) What's normal to them is bizarre to the rest of us. Um, Are you ready to find out who got the number one spot? Oh, I, yes. I, can I guess? Okay. Okay, number one, trashiest character in a show that doesn't have trashy characters. Um, I think if it were me, Baby Doubtfire for sure. (laughs) Oh, she's like last on my list of trashy because she's just a little angel. Baby Doubtfire? Yes. She violated TSA protocol by running back on the jet bridge, Mary. Yeah, but she didn't shoot anybody with a harpoon. Not yet. Not yet. That's true. She went back to Russia. We don't know what goes on there. Mm-hmm. Well, t- tell us, Mary. Tell us. The people demand to know. God, all the all the people. Oh my God. Number one, trashiest, oh. most delightful character, frankly, of season two, Sydney. What? I'm giving you your drum roll. Oh, that's what I thought. It was a laser. <laughs> Sydney Andrews Mancini Dr. Sydney Woo. oh my god what a season talk about a champion soap opera character from the highs to the excruciating lows it was one thing after another for poor Sydney I mean we started out the season having an affair with her sister's former husband which is a whole <laughs> thing that could have been enough that alone would have probably gotten her into the top five, quite frankly. Then she meets a lovely lady named Lauren, who I call Fancy Face. And she got a job. A legitimate job, allegedly. She is legitimate. <laughs> she is legitimate. She got a great job in a call girl ring, which is a great job. And she's making all kinds of money. She gets a credit card they lend her so she can buy some furniture and you know, she really fixes up that little shitty apartment of hers. Uh, but then sadly, oh, because again, the, the, the exhilarating highs, the crushing lows, she got arrested for solicitation and she had to call Michael, who was by then her ex-boyfriend, former brother-in-law again, to bail her out. Michael subsequently blackmailed Sydney into helping him break, break up Jane and her new boyfriend. That's by- right. Sydney sending one of her sex worker friends to produce him on video, which Jane has to watch at a later time. Uh, <laughs> later, later, Sydney, she, you know what? Uh, God bless her little ginger heart. She gets back 
that bike. She falls down, but she gets back on. She gets on that bike. She finds out that Matt has falsified Michael's blood alcohol records in the hospital's computer system, even though he works in the social worker department. But okay, it was the 90s. Again, Mary, the last- can, we, can we just take a pause? Can you remind us how, how, how Sydney figured that out? Because that can't be overlooked. <laughs> well, I'm glad you brought that up. So she came to visit poor Michael, who was in the hospital after one of his several uh, trips to the hospital, quite frankly. He actually, yeah, he was in quite a bit this season. Uh, he was sort of half awake, half conscious, and talking out loud about how he had been drunk driving and killed Kimberly, which was realistic. That seems like something that would happen a lot. So, yeah, she finds out that Matt has done that. So she blackmails Michael into marrying her and blackmails Matt into acting as their combination best man maid of honor. Now that a bold new flavor for the nineties, having the one gay character be the best man and the maid of honor. Uh, lovely of Matt to show up and help arrange the flowers and be the only guest at the wedding. Uh, <laughs> truly, truly a wedding for the ages. Michael clearly hates her, but then eventually they're having a lot of good sex. So he kind of goes along with it. Cause why not? Basically, I think he literally says, why not? At one point, uh, fancy face gets arrested for being a madam and Sydney God bless her. She's on a roll at this point. She's landed her former brother-in-law as her husband. She's working this <laughs> call girl. She steps up and she says, hey, fancy face, let me take over the call girl ring because I'm your number one girl. And then she climbs even higher. She finds out Michael's box, Dr. Levin, is known as Dr. Cowboy and has a fetish and is banging one of the call girls named Ingrid. So she helps Michael. Again, this is the third blackmail Sydney has a part of or a victim of in this season this is only like three quarters of the way through the season and she she helps michael blackmail even giving michael the chief resident job so now they're flying high michael's excited because he's he's the chief resident sydney says it doesn't matter you could be the surgeon general i'm still making more money than you as the head of the call girls but then god damn it that that someone left that cake out in the rain teach and that frosting's melting down because kimberly comes back from the presumed dead did you say cake in the rain? Someone left the cake out in the rain. MacArthur's Park is melting in the dark. Sydney gets thrown out on her ass because Michael gets back together with Kimberly, of course. Fancy Face gets out of jail and she not only fires Sydney from the Carl Girl ring, which I don't, they must not have an HR department either, because that's. <laughs> uh, then she demands all this money back from Sydney, which Sydney doesn't have because I don't know what she was spending it all on. She has to take to streetwalking to make ends meet. She gets beat up by bigger, meaner streetwalkers, ends up in the hospital being taken care of by Kimberly, who recruits her into her scheme to kill Michael. And they have a ginger pot together. They go to the park, they get ice cream, and they walk around and talk about how they want to kill Michael. And they come up with their plan for him to get carbon monoxide poisoning, allegedly. But that doesn't work. And then... Last but not least, there is a wedding, as you know, or, or an aborted wedding at the at the courtyard back at Melrose Place. Sydney gets home after her very stressful couple of days of getting beat up by streetwalkers and coerced into killing Michael by by Kimberly. She walks in and she's like, "Oh shit, this is today." <laughs> this is my favorite line of the whole season. It was so <laughs> a tour de force by Sydney Andrews Mancini. She ends the season. Uh, about to find out that Michael has been run over by a car. Her sister has been arrested for allegedly driving over Michael in the car. 
I just can't wait to see. I mean, for, for, for bang for your buck, from the, the smallest, petitest person on the show, she, she packed a wallop that no one else's season can compare to. And there was a lot of trash. But bravo, Sydney Andrews Mancini. You, you blew it out of the water along with all the other things you blew. <laughs> so, there, there's two other highlights for Sydney's time this show. First, oh. she willed herself into existence. Remember, Jane was an only child. <laughs> she was. It was on film. <laughs> she told her mother to fly back on her broomstick to Chicago. <laughs> she didn't just become a prostitute, Mary. She became one of the top 10 hookers in Los Angeles. <laughs> That's, I, I should have mentioned that. That really is an accomplishment. There's millions of people in Los Angeles. And she, like- didn't just, she didn't just manage to marry her brother-in-law. <laughs> Which she did do. She managed to marry the the person she had her first sexual fantasy about. Which she she, she relived to Michael. Which was he she was watching Michael make out and I believe get to third base with her sister and she imagined it happening to her. How romantic. <laughs> She she survived several murder attempts. Yes, yes. Yeah. And she she managed to outlandlord Amanda Woodward. <laughs> she she had a couple moments of standing up to Amanda, actually. She knew that lease inside and out. She knew it. Sydney Andrews knows her rights. She also, not only did she have some some good uh, interplay with her mother, she had the good aunt, Joe Beth Reynolds, trying to look out for her and be be the cool mom, the cool aunt, uh, when Joe realized that Sydney was in, into something. Joe wasn't sure what. Yeah. She had the audacity to tell Billy and Allison, I'm getting divorced, just like you two are going <laughs> to. Oh my God, what a treat. Mary, I am glad Sydney's on your list. I'm also, it's interesting to me that Amanda is not. And I, I'd like to raise this question with you. Popular understanding of Melrose Place, I think it's certainly including mine, I believe yours, was that Amanda spiced this show up. And while she added to it, Sydney and Kimberly stole the show, if you ask me. They stole and Michael the- before them, and Michael before them. They they stole the show like they stole Michael's heart back and forth over and over. Uh, just, just the I've said this multiple times this season about Sydney. She is she is a hot mess. She is a hot mess. But I, I root for her even when she's doing horrible things because she again she climbs to the highest of heights and things are great and then ten seconds later it is an utter shit show. Her life is an utter shit show constantly. But God damn it she's got pluck. She gets right back in there. And like, Michael literally says like, I don't love you and you're disgusting. And she's like, we're getting married. (laughs) (laughs) The amount of like delusion and joy. I I mean, she's, 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 she's the MVP this year. She's fantastic. I would concur. It does make me wonder, what does it take to become a a series regular on this show? Because Sydney is not it yet. I don't think Kimberly is either. Is she? Kimberly is not. No, Kimberly's not for a while either. Oh. But just, just I will leave you with this on Sydney. All right. The way you say her story arcs are she flies up into a high high and then crashes into a low low. 
Just remember that when her arc ends. Oh. Mm -hmm. Foreshadowing. Which we learned about when we did Dickens. (laughs) Also, I will send a lunch gift card to anyone who can tell me where that quote is from. Anyone who's listening to this, email us at themelroseplacecast at gmail.com. I'm sorry. Melroseplacecast at gmail.com and I will send you a $3 gift card to Taco Bell. $3 will buy you lunch at Taco Bell. (laughs) Like yeah, guaranteed, week. guaranteed three dollars. Uh, I don't know if they sell them in three dollar increments. If not, I will buy a five dollar one and spend two dollars. So I can commit to being about three dollars of a <laughs> gift card. He will not send cash. Again, the quotes, foreshadowing, which we covered when we did Dickens. So if you know where that quote is from, one, I know you're gay, and two, uh, set, tell me, and I will get you a gift card to Taco Bell. I don't know where it's from, so I'm not getting a gift card. Nope. Nope. Well, Mary, season two, man, it was good. It was good. I'm glad we did it. I can't wait for season three. I also can't wait for season three, except I know we have a bunch of bonus episodes before then, so I will wait. Listen, if you want to get if you want to get a jump start, nobody's gonna stop you. You know, it's just like Gail. You know, Gail's like, I wish I knew what happened in between these episodes you make me watch. Well, Gail <laughs> watched them. Yeah. That is the solution, I suppose, is to watch. Just click, just click next episode. God, but I mean, when it takes you five to six hours to watch mm. one, it, it's a real commitment. Please. <laughs> uh, well, Mary, I, I think we should sign off for now. I apologize to our listeners. This episode, not sponsored by anyone. We did this one out of the goodness of our heart. Nobody, nobody paid us. <laughs> we didn't make a dime. <clears throat> oh, Although a sponsor update, I did remember last week uh, we were sponsored by Bald Guy Greetings. Yeah. And you could go to baldguygreetings.com and use promo code Melrose for a discount. But I said, I don't know what the discount is. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 20% off. Holy shit. Yeah. That's so if you, want, if you want to get some cards to insult people you love and care about, <laughs> promo code Melrose. What's that website again? baldguygreetings.com not .net we're not this is no .biz <laughs> no .biz unlike all of Rhonda's businesses correct this is legitimate <laughs> oh my god what a treat it's never too early to get a start on your holiday shopping Black Friday might be months away why wait till then to track down this season's hottest holiday toy? Get a head start and check out Puddle.biz today. <laughs> What's Puddle? More like who's Puddle? Wait, what? You don't remember Puddle? Surely we've shown Puddle to you before. Puddle is only the cutest, floppiest stuffed pooch your kids have ever seen. Puddle is made of the softest fire retardant fabrics and stuffing. With the biggest, sweetest button eyes and just the most darling, most floppiest little body, perfect for snuggling. Why, your kids will love Puddle so much, they'll probably keep him well into their teen years, maybe even their mid-twenties. They might not keep much of anything else in their lives, you know, young people, how they zoom right through travel light, am I right? But oh, Puddle will stick around from high school to college, maybe even on a cross-country move to California to their first studio apartment. Puddle will follow, flapping his flappy self out on the mattress on the floor as your now-adult offspring attend to some very adult activities. <laughs> Puddle will see things. Things Puddle <laughs> should never have to see with those big button eyes of his. 
<laughs> will flop right along with whatever else is flopping around on that mattress. <laughs> That's just how loyal a dog puddle is. Visit puddle.biz today and enter promo code babysitter to receive a free puddle t-shirt, size medium only. When you place your order, puddle, your child's most faithful friend from age 4 to 24. <laughs> oh my goodness, Mary, this is just what I need. Oh my God, everybody's kid should have a puddle. Look, Christmas is barely four and a half months away. And I, 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 I don't yet have the perfect gift. You've got to get on it right now. Now, Mary, my son is 12. I know you said Puddle is good from age 4 to 24, but if can Puddle first arrive as late as 12? I don't see why not. I mean, those big button eyes, they're going to win over children of any age. Okay, so does what else does Puddle do besides just kind of flop around on the bed? Puddle is just so soft, and Puddle has the floppiest ears and the okay. sweetest eyes, and you just, you're just going to love Puddle. Everybody loves Puddle. No. Is there a video game involved, Mary? This is what I need. Oh, You know what? There isn't yet, but we're working on an app. An app for Puddle, a Puddle app. Yeah, Puddle app. Virtual. Okay, so can you rename Puddle, or are they all named Puddle? They're just their name Puddle. But can you, it's not personalizable? No, it's Puddle. Does Puddle have teeth? <laughs> no. Good, good. Uh, how how big is Puddle? Puddle is roughly the same size as what were called pound puppies in the 1900s. Okay. Um, so about like between a foot and a foot and a half long total. So my son likes to cuddle with stuffed animals at night. Is Puddle cuddleable? Puddle is the most cuddleable, floppiest little pooch. There is nothing your child of any age will love cuddling with more than Puddle. Okay. Real tea. Final question. Mary. You know, Puddle rhymes with cuddle. That's not a coincidence. That's correct. Okay. Here's the real question. Okay. Will Puddle keep a secret? Puddle knows the value of discretion. Puddle will keep his mouth shut. Mostly because of his own shut. Do you, do you think there are times Puddle wishes he could close his big button eyes? You know, I, I can't claim to know what Puddle thinks and feels, but I would suspect yes. Uh, also, Puddle is machine washable. <laughs> so, wait, seriously, how, how long does this show go on? How many episodes are there? <laughs> Man, I told you this, right? So it goes to season seven of the original run, but then there's the re- the reboot season. So there's how many reboot seasons? Just the one so far. So far. Okay. But there's also, but then Mary, there's the, the Amazon has the true story of Melrose Place movie that we should cover. Oh God. How long? Yeah. And, and uh, Models Inc. has to be covered too. Wait, what the hell is Models Inc.? It's a two-season spinoff. Of what? What do they? Of, of Melrose Place from the lady from Dynasty was on it, I think. The lady from Dynasty, my God, this was like a whole industry. And I do think nine hundred two one zero to get to understand where this show came from is probably worth exploring. I I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> and then when Allison left, she went to Ellie McBeal. 
does it have anything to do with the contents of Melrose Place? I just feel like, how, do you really want to be an expert in this or not? I mean, I think you know the answer to that. Okay, so we're in for all of it. <laughs> oh, God. 